Welcome to Trading Perspectives. I'm John Norris here at Oakworth Capital Bank, and today I have with me, as always, Sam Clement. Sam, say hello. I'm excited to be here. Well, fantastic. And today, I think Sam and I are going to talk a little bit about worker productivity in the United States. And, you know, recently we had the highest reading in three years in terms of worker productivity, but it's been kind of a tailspin. Maybe, maybe that's too strong a word, but it's been weaker than ordinary over, gosh, years. And Sam asked me a question about it. He said, do you think this would be a good topic? And Sam, I mean, what, what, do you, what are you seeing about worker productivity? I mean, you would think these days with all the new technology coming out and all the advancements we're making that worker productivity would be increasing a lot. But it's kind of the opposite is what we're seeing. Well, the thing is, uh, you're, you're absolutely right. And that's always been the way that it has been. You know, you invest in technology, you make, you make investments in your people, and ultimately that will increase their worker productivity. Now, the thing about it is worker productivity is really nothing more than a function of GDP uh, and then employment growth. So, you know, I mean, that's really kind of what it is. It's the delta between GDP growth and employment growth. Right. So officially defined as the output per hour per worker. Well, there you have it. That's awesome. Well, the thing is, I have to kind of wonder, maybe we need to rethink exactly how we calculate worker productivity. I agree. So I, th- I think what's happened a lot of it, and, and I've struggled with this in the past because, you know, at one point it was easier to kind of calculate it. And now all of a sudden taking a look at things and going, if we're spending money on things, if we're being more productive, and then all of a sudden we just quit work, does that mean that we're actually less productive? Uh, for instance, that, that might seem kind of confusing, but take this as an example. Imagine I'm overworked. Imagine, I, you know, I work and work and work and work, and finally I feel as though, good night, I, I don't have time to cut my grass on the weekends. Or I don't have time to cut, you know, pay my bills or something, just something along those lines. I've always gotten that done, but finally I just say, I'm not going to do this anymore. I work too hard. I want to chill out on the weekends, and I pay someone to cut my grass. Has there actually been an increase in overall output? No. No, but has there been someone, you know, but someone else is getting a paycheck for it, right? Sure. Now I am out that money, but I am I am saying I'm voting that the expenditure of that money to have someone else do my do my yard for me. That adds to my greater comfort, although there's not any additional output uh, you know, in terms of gross domestic product because the yard's still getting cut and I'm still doing everything else. So we just have two people doing what one person had been done. So you're kind of saying it's getting a little more difficult to measure. I, th- I think it really is because when you take a look at just the overall service economy, you're seeing a lot of, a lot of this go on. I right. mean, take, take restaurants. Uh, if I fix, let's say, stuffed zucchini at the house. Uh, I haven't made that in a while. I don't even know how I came up with stuffed zucchini, but let's say I made stuffed zucchini at the house and I decide, you know, I'm, I want some stuffed zucchini, but I don't feel like making it. I'm going to go out and eat it at a restaurant. Now, I spend a little bit more for that, but I still have stuffed zucchini. Catch my drift? Right. But instead now, since I'm paying for it, uh, someone else has a job and has output. So I think we're seeing a lot of that going on. And as a result, really over the last, gosh, couple of decades, what we've seen is a uh, number of hours worked actually go down for the vast majority of Americans. Mm-hmm. Well, what about, I mean, we're kind of in an age of technology and service. Mm-hmm. That's where most of our industries are going towards. Yeah. How do you measure GDP output of, say, a Facebook employee? Well, that's a great question. I mean, it's something that maybe the people at the Bureau of Labor Statistics or Bureau of Economic Analysis needs to do a little bit more more work on I mean, because I, you're right. That's hard to quantitate. It's real hard to quantify. Uh, you know, whereas beforehand you'd go, okay, Sam worked 10 hours today. And he was able to get 40 pounds of XYZ done. That's pretty easy right. to figure out what your right. output is. All of a sudden, if you know someone at output at someone, if someone the output at someone at Facebook or the output of someone at Google, it's harder to quantify that because what we're doing is actually making people more efficient. So if we're making workers more efficient, therefore more productive, 
but instead they cut off their productivity once they reach a certain threshold, then the GDP equation and all that stuff isn't really capturing the increase in worker productivity. Right. So lots of these workers are coming up with goods and services and things like that that you really just can't count, you can't quantify. Well, that's right. And there might be even arguably perhaps a duplication of effort. You know, Because someone else has gotten so efficient doing things that we used to do ourselves, we're still consuming the same thing. The, the overall capacity in the economy necess- hasn't necessarily increased. We're just someone else is doing that for us. Right. So how so how in the world do, do, do we quantify that? Because after all, GDP growth is really nothing more than how much capacity do you have, how much do you need, and how much you're consuming. So if we're not increasing the amount mm-hmm. of capacity, but we're just getting more efficient at consuming it, yeah. overall GDP growth isn't going to be that large. Mm-hmm. So I think there's really a good scenario in that what we're saying is partially true and that it's difficult to measure. We are still uh, getting more productive at Uh what we're producing. Or there's the bad scenario, which is that these statistics are true. We're getting less productive, getting lazy or whatever it may be. So what do you think? So I think we're both kind of leaning towards productivity is still good. I think it's still good, but there is some element of bad in there. Let's say if there's a third way, a third rail, a middle ground, if you will, Sam. Let's imagine, I don't know, let's imagine you're a member of the board of directors at a 501c3 in a particular area that promotes literacy in central Alabama. Um, and you pay for your team, for your company to, uh, to have a team participate in, in a wing cook-off over the weekend, right? Not, yeah, I bet they do pretty good. Yeah, and there's a, uh, and there's a, it's generally some of the younger people that work, work at the company are going to be on that team, right? Some pretty smart people. Well, I th- I, they, they like to consider themselves pretty smart. And, uh-huh. and actually, what I'm going to tell you is it is pretty smart, right? Because they have to come up with two different – and let's imagine this. They have to come up with two different types of wings, two different types of sauces, right? Right. Are you following me? You see what's going on? And again, this is just completely hypothetical, Sam. You have no way of knowing where this <laughs> None is None at all. And the two types of sauces – and you know, imagine this person who's been on the board asks several people on the team, what are you all doing? And they say – we're going to have a buffalo wing, and we're going to have sort of a teriyaki sort of sort of style wing. Maybe buffalo uh, and uh, barbecue? Oh, it is, well, again, again I, I, mean, I, I, I wouldn't know. I, I wouldn't I, know. Let's see. So, you know, they, everyone says, well, we're going to the buffalo wing is going to be pretty easy. I go, how are y'all, y'all experts on this? Well, no, but we're going to buy a store-bought sauce, and we're going to increase and put it some butter in it. And okay, <laughs> so the thing about it is right there, it's both good and bad. You see, because they're smart enough and productive enough to know that someone else is already out there making a very good buffalo. Again, this is all completely hypothetical. Sam, please right, don't. Right, right, yeah. Hey, that there, someone is already out there making this wonderful buffalo sauce. That all they need to do is just add some butter to it and make it perfect. So they're smart enough. So they're productive enough that way. However, they're not increasing capacity. They're, they're just buying someone else's hot sauce off the, off the pickle we shelf, right? Right. And but the thing is, they're going to make like twelve and a half pounds of wings of this. So it's kind of a combination of good and bad. You know, they're making a ton of wings, deliciousness wings, right? I think they're going to pay fifty cents to a dollar for a vote, you know, that, that type of thing. You know, from what I, again, hypothetical. Yeah. And completely hypothetical. And so it's good and bad. So maybe American workers are more productive in the fact that they're more clever in order to get the same amount of work done with less effort. But again, that's just a hypothetical situation. Sam, your thoughts on this? Yeah, I, th- I mean, I think that's a good point. I have another question to raise. Do you think we're reaching the point of diminished return um, just on productivity? I mean, a good example of that is Moore's Law, which was came around in the 70s, one of the heads of Intel, saying that basically computer capacity was doubling on a, every 18 months yeah. to two years. And 
that worked for about 40, 42 years up until 2012. And what happened in 2012? It stopped. I mean, that that rate of decrease has gone down. A rate of productivity increase has just not been there since then. Well, again, you have to go back to your prop stats class. Probably you took back in college. Remember that? You know, right. The law of large numbers or something thereabouts. It's been so long since I took prop stats. I can't remember exactly what it is. But if, well, you can just say it gets harder and harder to build off a much larger base. And they're investing more and more in it yeah. just to try and keep up with that productivity yeah, so the, the, growth. It's the law of margin, uh, decreasing marginal utility, right? Yeah. And it's true in just about everything else in life, truthfully. So why wouldn't it necessarily be true in te- technology and technological capacity? So I'd imagine that's exactly the, exactly the case there. And maybe you're seeing that a little bit with the U.S. worker productivity and global worker productivity, but it's hard for me to really kind of get there when the average American worker works about 34 hours a week. Well, what about, I mean, you go from the 70s, I mean, these jumps of putting a computer on everybody's yeah. desk, going yeah. from hand calculation to using Excel, yeah. and then going from 2012 to 2016 version of Excel or something like that. You're not getting as much yeah, increased get productivity. Same thing with stuff in the supply chain, like uh, companies are outsourcing their non-core business yeah. ideas. I mean, companies are just getting more efficient. They're coming up with all these good ideas. A lot of people think it's getting harder to come up with good ideas. Well, I think the, the, the urban legend, if it is an urban legend, there was a patent officer, the head of the patent office back in the 19th century that said that patent patent growth will slow moving forward because just about everything that has been invented will it had already been invented. And obviously that's been proven quite false. But going back to what you were saying beforehand just a couple of seconds ago about terms of decreased marginal utility, yeah, you're absolutely right. In the 70s and 80s, and I would even, even argue more in the 90s and even the first, first decade sure. of, of this century, you had major shifts in how we conduct business and how we live our lives. And particularly in the 80s, we had the hardware revolution where all of a sudden people started having computers. Well, thank, you know, God, thank God Al Gore invented the internet. <laughs> thank God he without, did. I mean, think of what our lives would not be, but, exactly. but, but for the great... We all have to thank Al Gore. Right, without a doubt. Uh, I, I would say that's almost more of an allegory that, that, that you said. There, there you so, go. Yeah, I like it's that. It's pretty funny. It's pretty lame, I admit. But in the 80s, we had the hardware revolution, and then in the 90s, we had the software revolution. You right. know, we, with the internet, you know, thanks again to Al Gore, and really some of the increases in, in software. So you had these two great technological sort of revolutions. And you could say that maybe over the last decade to 18 years, we haven't had that same type of revolution, but I'm not concerned with there not being one ever again. Every time we say this time is different, something changes. Now, I couldn't tell you all about blockchain technology, but apparently it's pretty awesome. And perhaps once we figure out a way, the average person or the average company figures out a way to kind of lasso this, right. uh, we might be able to see some greater applications more on the commercial level. You know, I think the health industry could be another area where we start to get more productivity out of people by having people able to be in the workforce longer. Those people that you've already invested in uh, to continue to reap those benefits from those investments. People living longer. I mean, things. it seems like we're on the verge of just breakthroughs in lots of different areas health-wise. Well, well what's going to be really cool about it, we've got a friend of mine that works down at UAB, and a few years ago, we were talking about the Human Genome Project and decoding the DNA. I said, you know, X, his name's not really X, but I said X. I said, um, I've been kind of confused in the fact that here we are, we've deconstructed DNA, we have all this information, and yet we have not seen the you know, fulfillment, or right. we seen we haven't lived up to its promise yet. It's actually our uh, life expectancy here has decreased a yeah. little bit. I mean, it's increased vastly over the past few decades, yeah. but in the past few years, it it's has. just been flat to slightly lower. Well, I, I said, you know, it seems like we would have had greater benefit at, from at de- least some. Yeah, you know, some, mean, and he goes. 
John, he goes, what you don't realize is the data is unbelievable. We just don't have the software to, you know, make it work with it yet to make it really worthwhile so that kind of goes back to your previous point with the hardware and the software yeah, in the so, 80s and 90s but at some point I mean think about it ultimately we'll get to this instead of you know kind of the trial and error that we currently have in the medical industry now you go and you're way too young and way too healthy um, you haven't eaten as many wings as I have that, that type I don't thing. know about that well I mean you got this weekend again hypothetically if you hypothetically yeah hypothetically but where you get a drop of blood and you put it into the system or the, the technology, whatever. I mean, something looks like you know, Captain Kirk would have. And then it comes out and spits out a full health regimen for you based off of your DNA, your DNA sequence, the things that you're pre, uh, predisposed to have. And, and instead of kind of guessing at what your pharmaceutical regimen will be, it would actually be able to construct one for you. There's no way that that's not going to be better for the average person moving forward. We're just not there yet. Well. Question about that. You think that would decrease our overall productivity if you had less of a need to go to a doctor or less of a need to get these tests done? Well, it, it wouldn't necessarily decrease our productivity. It would change the way we calculate GDP, where we're spending less money on healthcare, which is horrible news for a good, good number of people, but we'd be spending more money on other activities. But do you think that would be an a one for one change. I think it would actually be better for than a one for one change. Although we would have, we probably have a period of five to ten years, if not a little bit longer than that, of economic dislocation as we moved move resources from right. the medical industry to other areas. Plus frictional. Oh yeah, without a doubt. Yeah. So which obviously that's going to be good for the federal budget deficit as well. So yeah. this will that's wonderful news. Yeah. Longer so term productivity. The last time it increased was during the uh, Great Recession, mm-hmm. two thousand eight. So my first thoughts about it was there's two general reasons you can yeah. explain that. First one being firms laid off their least productive workers. Sure, tried that's to, always tried the case, to yeah. get leaner. Yeah. Second one being people worked harder yeah. for fear of losing that job for sure. being. So I guess those kind of go hand in hand. Do you think that that accounts for most of that increased productivity? Well, perhaps, and I would I would imagine so. And you're absolutely right on all of it. So. Um, during a recession or a downturn where, you know, your company is declining profits, whatever, you really do get rid of those people which are the least productive for you, uh, which generate the least amount of net income. That, that just makes sense. Sure. And, then, and then you also will spend a little bit more, more money on technology as you're coming out of the out of the bottom. Right. Uh, in combination of those two, you have your most more effective workers using a little bit better technology, so they will be more productive. So over time, those people that have been laid off previously, hopefully they will have gotten the, the, the skills necessary, but a good chance that they just get back in the workforce, and so we have the whole thing going on again. All over again perhaps perhaps you know every time I every every time you I say this time is different I find out that it really isn't different so you know I think you, you and I've talked about this you know we've seen this in the past um, you know where come out of recession increases in productivity then they level off and then we go through the whole thing again there's no reason to think that this will this won't happen again and there's no reason to think that we won't have some kind of technological revolution which will fundamentally change our lives and how we conduct business no one knows exactly what that's going to be yet and if we did know we'd be putting our clients money in it right the thing that kind of worries me a little bit is just the amount of real private investment has been increasing not as as big of a rate as it has before but it's still been healthily increasing mm-hmm. and we're really not seeing that change in productivity out of it now do you think that's because it takes some time to kind of 
recoup some of that investment? Well, I certainly do. I certainly do think it takes uh, it takes a little bit of time, but then going back to the law of decreasing marginal utility, we do have a much larger base off of which to work. So perhaps we do have to spend a little bit more in order to get the same results. Yeah. So, so at the end of the day, we still have a very productive workforce. There's no doubt about it. And it's probably a combination of both good and bad. Our workers are being more productive until they reach a certain level. And then all of a sudden, you know, perhaps they, they don't work quite as hard or something along those lines. Because, again, going back to what I was talking about earlier, when you take a look at average weekly hours worked in the United States, it's not as though these are going up and worker productivity is going down. Right. We're seeing worker productivity be very, very kind of low. It's kind of more efficient. People are working more more efficiently. They're working more efficiently and hopefully enjoying a little bit more of their time here on Earth. So me and a coworker were actually talking about this last week. You would have a better, it was a younger person. So we were saying, what do people do while they were working when they weren't working at work? What I mean, now people are on their phones. People are doing something on the Internet. Yeah. What was that before? We talked to one another. That's what and, I, uh, I yeah, that's We, what we talked to one another. I figured more water cooler conversations. Yeah, we, we talked to one another. Oh, gosh. We did crossword. But we played games. Went to church. Well, you still like Sudoku. I know yeah, that. Yeah, without a doubt. It so makes you can me do think. Sudoku even without your phone. Well, the thing is, I mean, now that I've gotten to an age where I play some of those games to run off my risk of Alzheimer's, but that's a different story. You don't have to worry about that yet. I hope not. <laughs> I can't remember. In any event, Sam, this is a good topic. It's one that's probably not going to answer here today. But I think we've batted around a couple of good ideas. So, you know something? I like it. Worker productivity is going to be harder to grow as rapidly as it has in the past until we get that next big technological technological revolution, which fundamentally changes our lives and how we conduct business. But I would argue, and I'd argue tooth and nail, that while the numbers suggest that worker productivity is maybe not as high as it, as it was, I'd still say the American worker is very productive and probably working a heck of a lot more efficiently than it was 10 or, 15, 10 or 15 years ago. Kind of goes back to what we talked about last week. I think most people would prefer working in the environment they are now than 10 years ago. Oh, without a doubt. Much better for us. Yeah. All right. Everyone, thanks for listening here this week, and be sure to tune in to us next week. Uh, we'd love to hear from everyone, so if you have any questions or comments about the topics at which you would want to hear, please, by all means, drop us a line, tradingperspectives at oakworthcapital.com, or you can just leave a review or comment on the podcast outlets of your choice. If you're interested in hearing more about our thoughts, you can also go to our website and go down to the bottom left-hand portion of the page and sign up for our Common Sense newsletter. So, Sam? Got anything else? No, that's it. All right, guys. Until next week, this is John Norris and Sam Clement. Take care.